0: Well, Happy New Year, church family. You know, if you've been around Hill Country Bible Church for a while, you know that our vision as a church is that every man, woman, and child in Georgetown and beyond would have a chance to hear the good news of Jesus, to experience His life-changing reality. And the question I want to talk about today is simply this. Like, what in the world is God doing for heaven's sake? And I mean that literally. Like, what in the world is God doing for the sake of heaven? Bringing people into a relationship with himself. And let me just say up front here, this is not going to be a sermon per se this morning. It's more of a conversation that I'll be having with our global missions director, Chuck Abbott. Chuck, welcome. Good to have you here this morning. All right. Chuck serves full-time in global missions here in the church. And Chuck, let me just kick it off by saying, what in the world is God doing for heaven's sake? Well, Brian, I don't
1: imagine that- Natural disaster that left many without work and without food. But a team of believers starts what's called one rice bowl, one neighbor, Hmm. and starts sharing food and the life changing reality of Jesus with people. One day they visit a man and a woman who were were extremely hungry, Mm -hmm. and the man. Couple of days later, that man called this team of believers back, and he said, "My wife and I have believed in Jesus as our Savior. Awesome. What do we do now?" <laughs> and also, this team of believers ends up sharing food with over six thousand people. They end up sharing the gospel with five thousand people, and fifteen hundred of people
0: believe in Jesus. Fifteen hundred! Wow! All from that one movement. That's really cool.
1: Imagine a thirty person house church in a country where Christianity is persecuted. It's completely closed due to the pandemic. Can you imagine a church being closed. <laughs> so imagine that in a, in a persecuted.
0: Mm, yeah, be difficult.
1: They don't know how to they don't know what to do. So they get help from a missionary on this technology called Zoom.
0: I think I've heard of that. Yeah, I think I've heard of that one. <laughs>
1: the 30 people to
0: over 100 in just one week. One week. Wow.
1: Imagine a pastor in an unreached country traveling to train, train some local believers and how to better share the gospel and the plant churches. Mm-hmm. And a local man who's an unbeliever, though, hears about this man is going to come to this church. And he ends up finding the man, the pastor. And he asks this man if he could come to his home because his wife has seemingly gone mad, he's possessed, and he literally has her chained up like an animal to get an ally herself others around her. Wow. And this local this pastor, uh, the patron is there, he agrees. He goes to this man's home, he prays for the woman, but then, can you imagine that as soon as he starts sharing the gospel with this woman, she completely calms down and is just completely mesmerized. where it takes her and she listens to the entire Gospel presentation. And imagine that after that, both she and her husband believe in Jesus. They end up down. Their house with full of all these demonic idols and they turn it down with the help of their pastor. And they end up going to that
0: local church the to the wow, that is too cool. That sounds like a story right out of the Gospels, where yeah. Jesus binds the demons and shares the good news. That's incredible, supernatural.
1: Imagine a small health church in a country that, due to the pandemic, everything is shut down. Well, I just that,
0: pandemic, <laughs> yeah, I think we can imagine that.
1: But this country doesn't have any aid for any of the people. It mm. completely shut everything down, and there's a lot of people out of work. In that country, a lot of people work each day just to feed themselves, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. feed themselves for that day. Imagine a local pastor and his family, they end up getting food donations and create food baskets for some of the people in the area who are, who are very hungry. Mm, awesome. They have and come and they utilize training that they receive and how to share the gospel quickly and to give these people food baskets, but most importantly, they give them the gospel, mm. and we end up having 15 new believers come to their new Wow, family.
0: that's great. That's great.
1: Imagine a small group of believers in a deep, remote part of Central America where the name of Jesus is either unheard earth or twisted at the least, and they're really energized after receiving training on not only how to share the gospel better, but what to do with new believers. And they have new believers, and even how to plant churches. And they go out, and many, many people hear about Jesus for the first time. And many of those and they end up, end up believing in Jesus. Fantastic! And they to plan a new church.
0: Brand new church. Awesome.
1: Imagine a woman serving as a, as an office manager for a mission organization that's located in a far off Islamic country that mm. persecutes Christians. She served there this year for 22 years. That's faithfulness. She was an American widower here in America, mm-hmm. but then quickly over there ended up being known as Mama to me, and then even eventually Grandma to literally hundreds of people in the last 22 years simply because she was sharing the love of Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm. Great story.
1: Imagine a missionary serving overseas as a speech therapist with special needs kids and missionaries. But now, due to lockdowns, she's shut down mm-hmm. and to go 100% online. You think that, more well, people think that her workload might have been decreased, but it's actually increased. Because now she has to not only, not only work with these kids one-on-one online, but she has to work with the, the, the children's families, parents, one-on-one so that they can help their kids as well. But, you know, the pandemic opened a lot of doors for her into you know, different things that she never thought were even possible before yeah. happening. And so now, literally, all countries all around the world are asking for her help to keep their special needs children, these families, missionary families, so that they can stay in the field.
0: They've been, they've been <laughs> Your job description just exploded there, didn't
1: exploded. it? Imagine an overseas videographer and her team serving in an unreached country. But due to the pandemic again, it shut down for, for a very few, very mm-hmm. few brief moments. They have literally nothing that not much mm-hmm. to do. But quickly, a lot of churches and missionaries and even minute, entire ministries contact her and her team because they don't have an online presence. Mm -hmm. guess what? They need help. They get online. Mm -hmm. for the first time. (laughs) And because of of this videographer and her team, many more people now than ever before are hearing about the life-changing reality of Jesus because of their help for all these churches and and individual ministries.
0: Wow. (laughs) So many cool stories there that that Chuck has shared. And you know what's really neat is... (laughs) I don't have to imagine those stories because those are real stories. Those are real stories that really happened just this past year in 2020 in the midst of everything that was going on, God was doing all that. And not only are they real stories that happened in 2020, but they're all stories from missionaries that we support personally here in the church. And that means that if you've given to our church, you're a part of making this happen. You know, we give so much money to missions that we couldn't do even half or even a portion of what Chuck has shared there if it wasn't for the generosity of the people who give to our church. So if you give to Hill Country Bible Church, thank you so much. You were a part of making all that happen. Let me just show you real quick where these things took place. These areas in red here on the globe are where those stories are coming out of. And let me just read these places to you. Mexico, Japan, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, Thailand, Kazakhstan, the Philippines, India, and Myanmar. I mean, is that awesome or what? And sometimes people want more specific details like who are the names of these people and and what mission organizations are they with and where exactly are they serving. We can't give specifics because a lot of this is confidential. We have to protect them because they're serving in areas where a lot of times they have to do things underground. They have to protect themselves. But if you'd like specific details, Chuck's the guy to talk to. He'd be happy to share some of those with you. Right, Brian. And
1: while it's super important that we as individual believers continue to share the gospel with those around us in need or mm-hmm. everywhere in the world. What's really great about our church and its focus on these people groups throughout the world is that if we look at something called the ten forty window, this is they call it the ten forty window and this is an area of the world where over five billion people have not even heard of the name of Jesus. Mm. It's not just that they're unbelievers. They've really never heard about Jesus. Incredible. That's the biggest concentration of unreached people groups in the world. Mm-hmm. And what's really great about our focus, as you can see, is we're right in the middle of things. Yeah. And we'll figure that out. Hey, also, you'll notice that Mexico is not the same Yeah, over here.
0: They're
1: not on any unreached people groups list. Uh, to be on that, you have to be under 2% evangelical Christian. But while they're not on one of those lists, Catholicism, Mexico actually is only about ten percent evangelical. Mhm. And many, many parts of Mexico is even far, far less than that ten percent. So, Mexico is so, still so super important for them to hear the life changing reality of Jesus Christ. And also, as we know, it's important, and important to our church since our church was founded and will continue to be important. Mhm. Mhm. Well, you explain why it's important for a church.
0: In global oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's critical for the church to be about missions work. And it really goes all the way back to Acts chapter two. If you look at the Bible and you know the story of Acts, you know that the church began in Acts chapter two, but in the chapter before that, Acts chapter one and verse eight, Jesus gave the marching orders for the church. And I want to read this to you. It says this, this is Jesus talking. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Basically, Jesus was saying in your own locality, Jerusalem, be witnesses and then send people out to Judea, Samaria, the surrounding areas, and even to the ends of the earth. So for us here in Georgetown, Texas, Georgetown would be our Jerusalem. That would be our local mission field. And then Judea, Samaria, that would be like central Texas. And we're a part of a church planting movement that plants churches all across this region. And then we're also called to go to the ends of the earth. And really that's the calling for every church everywhere. Wherever you're at, be focused on local missions and then send people out to reach others. Brian, why is it
1: important for our our entire church body
0: Yeah, that's, that's really good. There are three ways primarily that we can be involved. And I think everybody can be involved in missions in some way, shape, or form. The first way is to pray. The second way is to give. And then the third way is to go. And let's talk first about the first one, uh, praying. Uh, The missionary Paul said this to the church at Ephesus. He said, pray also for me, okay, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. So Paul solicited prayer. Paul knew that he needed prayer. He needed prayer for boldness. He needed prayer for protection. Like he was in dangerous areas, just like our missionaries are today. And Paul also recognized that, that prayer is really our most effective weapon, our most effective tool as Christians. And I don't think we use it enough. In fact, coming next week, just a little uh, preview, we're going to start a series called Gutsy Prayers That You Won't Want to Miss. We're going to talk a lot about the priority of praying, because all throughout the Bible, we hear about the need to pray and the priority of prayer. And, and this passage right here in Ephesians 6, Paul is actually talking about spiritual warfare, that we're to put on the armor of God, uh, that our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against these spiritual powers. So if we're going to be effective in doing spiritual work and winning people to Christ, we're going to have to pray. And I know for me personally in ministry, what means more than anything is when somebody comes up to me and says, Brian, I'm praying for you. I'd rather hear that than anything because I know I need that prayer. So we can all pray for our missionaries. We can also give. Now take a look at this passage. This is from the church at Philippi. Paul's writing to them. He says, When I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. This is an incredible passage right here because it says that giving results in many blessings. First of all, giving blesses the missionary, right? The person that was out there giving blessed Paul. He says that now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, I am amply supplied. And we want to make sure all of our missionaries are amply supplied, right? We we don't want them having to worry about how do I pay the rent? How do I feed myself? We want them doing the work of ministry. And so it's important to bless the missionary by giving. But also notice here that the giver is blessed. What Paul says is, I desire that more be credited to your account. So somehow when we give, it gets credited to our account. We get blessed as well. It's kind of like it's more blessed to give than to receive. And then finally in this passage, and this is pretty remarkable, giving blesses God. It says it pleases him here. That's like a sweet aroma to God. So if you want to please God, give to the work of his kingdom. So we can pray, we can give, and then finally, we can go. You know, at the end of the book of Matthew, Jesus gives these parting words to his disciples. It's called the Great Commission. That's what we call it now, right? Our great task that we have. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, that's why I think it still applies to us because we're not at the very end of the age yet. That this was instructions to his disciples that they were to carry on to other disciples. And it comes down to us today. This is our great task, our great commission. And every one of us should be making disciples. And that word really just means a follower of Jesus. But every one of us should be about that business locally. And I think for some of us at times, God's going to call us to go. God called you to go and start with a short-term missions trip. And now you're in full-time missionary ministry. And I think that may happen for some of us. But for all of us, we can be a part of praying. We can be a part of giving. And if God leads, we can be a part of going. So, Chuck, talk a little bit more with us about what God is doing in the world, especially in 2020, what happened with the craziness that was the year 2020, the COVID situation. Explain how God worked through all that. Sure. Well,
1: 2020, as you know, was was kind of unique. And uh, while 2020 was a little crazy for all of us, it was also the same for all the missionaries out there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people might think that that COVID actually – missionary work to decrease, but quite the opposite was true, it actually caused it to increase. mm -hmm. And then they had to start thinking about all different new ways that still accomplish their mission and goals, because those never change. Mm -hmm. And what's kind of of unique and kind of really kind of cool is that with technology and other things, uh, that's been able to continue to happen and their missions have been able to continue moving forward. We think that when we come out of this and go back to whatever the new normal might be, Mm -hmm. actually there'll be a lot more ways where we can reach even more people, even more effectively with life changing morality, Jesus Christ.
0: Awesome, awesome.
1: We've got a chart here, and this chart shows uh, the first three quarters of 2020, and what we're seeing here is the effect that our entire church body here, the church. Don't played a part in. and we are participants in making happen and direct things that we have been
0: involved with in the church. Yeah, these numbers that you're seeing right here, these are all stories from our missionaries, the ones that we support personally.
1: That's right, and you'll notice why well, it's to Notice that it's down from 2019. mm mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. What's really interesting is the third quarter actually yeah. is only, only up this year, it's actually higher than it has been in past years. That's cool. And, uh, one, of the, one of the positive things I you could say uh, out of COVID, it's actually caused a lot of a lot of people in the world to, to give a listen to the gospel. Mm-hmm. For the time mm-hmm. They're all searching for answers. Yeah. And even believers are even more willing to go out and share with their unbelievers. Take an impact now, and so I think it's neat to to know as a church that we have been a part of almost six thousand new
0: people in the first. Yeah, look at that! Wow.
1: Four hundred and that's we, unbelievable. You know, we have, a, we have a, a part to play in that, and that's has been what's really cool. And I think that Romans twenty eight 28 just fits in quite nicely here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Well, these, these numbers are amazing. In the third quarter, I can't wait to see what God did at the end of 2020 as all those numbers come in and we continue to see God do amazing things. He works in spite of us, in spite of our circumstances oftentimes. So, you know, one thing that's really exciting for us as a church is that all of the missionaries we support have come from Hill Country Bible Church Georgetown. That means they were a part of our church and they kind of caught a vision for missions work, maybe going on short-term mission trips. We have a lot of those here in our church, or maybe watching all the missionaries come through our church. And So so many people, our teenagers have grown up here and they're sharing the gospel locally and going on these mission trips, and they've just decided, you know what? God is calling me into full-time missionary ministry. So we're excited about that. That's something that all of our missionaries have in common. They're homegrown, we're proud of that. But they're also kind of unique. They, they share those things in common that they come from our church, but they serve in unique ways. Why don't you talk a little bit about that, Chuck? Hi, Brian.
1: And not only are all of our missionaries that we support directly homegrown out of our church, but they all have really unique uh, job functions. hmm. hmm. As you can see, a list of uh, the jobs that we have to assistant vice president, global engagement, planning coordinator, and operations director, and media director. <laughs> speech therapists a, a mid specialist. specialists. A lot of people find what that is. <laughs> we have one. And um, what's, what's interesting is, is that people should understand that no matter what you're gifted at, it doesn't matter what you're gifted at, that there, there's a ministry out there for you. And um, kind of like the Army, you know, the Army's got, got front-line soldiers. There's actually very few of them. But behind them, there's an entire... Armies of mm-hmm. soldiers that without them the mission would never be accomplished. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. each one of these uh, jobs you see here. They're actually working in areas of the world that directly, directly have impact on on people hearing about Jesus for the first time, and that I think that's just really cool.
0: That is, that's awesome. Such variety there.
1: But, you know, if you'd like more information um, about. Or missionaries or you know, missions as a whole here at the church, you can get a hold of me. You can see my information here on the slide. And if you forget this slide, which I imagine you'll probably forget this slide, you can always go to hillcountry.life where we've got everything, and you can contact me directly. Mm-hmm. Now, Brian, we've, we've been talking a lot about 2020, and
0: Well, Chuck, this is where it gets really exciting, and I want to share a little bit of the story behind our missions giving. Because about 2008 or so, in that in that range, about 12 years ago, uh, we really got a crunch in our budget. Giving was down a little bit because of the recession. We were trying to figure out how to cut corners, and one of the things the elders discussed is where would we come up with this money? Right, (laughs) we have our budget. We have to meet our budget. Will it impact our missionaries? Like, will we have to? money away from our missionaries. And, and our elders all felt compelled to say, no way, that that's not going to happen. In fact, so much so that we decided we actually need to vamp up money given to our missions. And at that point in time, we were given about 8 9%, somewhere in that range to missions. And we decided next year, we're going to vamp that up to 10%. And then every year from that point forward, we're gonna inch it up just a little bit. Even if it's a fraction of 1%, whatever we can afford, because we believe that God wants us to be a part of missions in a major way here in the church. So that was back in 2008, so now 12 years later, Going into 2020, we had 20% of our budget was set to go to missions. That means 20% of everything that comes in will push out the door to local missions, to global missions, and make sure that that's going out. And God has provided for us every year. We have not had a deficit ever since, which is incredible. We cannot outgive God in that respect. And so that's been exciting for us. So we set our budget at 20% to go out the doors in 2020. But what we actually did this past year is 26.2% of the money we received went out. And that's because there were so many people and and so many needs really with this COVID situation. 2020 was such a crazy year and people gave enormously to benevolence. And so we pushed that out. And yes, we include benevolence as part of our local outreach ministry. Uh, That's giving money to the poor and sharing the gospel with them. And you may wonder, well, why do we do that? Well, that actually goes all the way back to the beginning of the church as well. In the early days of the church, uh, there was kind of a meeting that convened in Jerusalem. They were trying to figure out how do we do missions work? How do we balance this? And the big time leaders back in the early church, James, Peter, they all gathered together in Jerusalem because they recognized, hey, we're doing ministry here to the Jews. And Paul is out all over the world ministering to the Gentiles. And how does all this work? And so they had this little council and Paul gives us a summary of what happened here in Galatians. Let me read this to you. Paul says, they recognized that I, Paul, had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as Peter had been to the Jews. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. That's incredible to me right here. They said, you know, the the focus, like, like with Jesus, is remembering the poor. And I think that's because they're hungry, not just physically, but oftentimes spiritually. And so we decided if that was the main takeaway of the Jerusalem Council, we want that to be a takeaway for us too. So we do remember the poor here in our community. In fact, this past year, $75,000 that came into our church was given out just to help people in our community with regards to benevolence needs. And that's just fantastic. We're super excited about that. Uh, Our congregational care pastor, Michael Banyan, Uh, we received some gift cards, $500 gift cards to help poor people out in this area. And right before Christmas, he (laughs) delivered a card to a lady, just really in need, poor family. And she just broke down in tears, just crying uh, because it was such a big gift for her. And we always like, you know, talk about Jesus. We give a little card that has our church name and we encourage people to come and check it out. But we make sure that people know there's no strings attached. Like we are here to share the love of Jesus. Jesus loves you. And this is a gift from Jesus. And so that's pretty exciting what we've been able to do. But but what's really cool, and, and the question that was then posed to us is, what do we do in 2021? Right. Originally, we had planned in 2020, we're giving 20%. In 2021, we're going to give 21%. We're just going to keep this going. Nice formula. It works out great. And then God steps in, right? And so in 2020, we gave 26% went out the door. So so do we back down? Do we go back to 21% or, or do we trust God? And Don Stoops, our executive operations pastor, he said, you know, it's kind of man thinking to think we have to go back down to 21%. But God thinking would say, hey, if God was able to push out 26% of our funds in this COVID year, 2020, and then why couldn't he do it in 2021? And so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna set our budget at 26% of everything that comes in, will go out to local and global missions. And that means that more than a quarter of everything you give is gonna go out to reach people with a life-changing reality of Jesus Christ, to make an impact on every man, woman, and child. And so I just wanna encourage you, all you guys that are watching, listening to this, You know, if you've given to our church in any way, shape, or form, if you prayed for our missionaries, if you've been a part of uh, of mission trips, then you're a part of making all this that we've talked about happen. And the rewards for you in heaven, they'll be there because you cannot out- give God. And God just delights in us supporting missions like we do. And I think God has incredible things in store for us in 2021. So Chuck, thanks so much for sharing these great stories with all of us and uh, look forward to what he's going to do through you and all of our missionaries in the coming year. And for all of us here, I think we got a little taste today of what in the world is God doing for heaven's sake. Pray with me. Lord, I just want to thank you so much that you are such an awesome God that we could just break all kinds of records in sharing the gospel and pushing money out the door in the midst of this COVID year that we exceeded our benevolence giving or exceeded our regular standard budget. God, that we can't out give you that the more we push out, the more you use us as a conduit, the more you bless us. So I pray for every one of us that we would be a part in some way, shape or form that we would pray That we would give, that we would go, that we would be a part of the great commission of making disciples, of of making you known in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, that we would just be a part of this incredible work you're doing. And God, I believe that in 2021, you have even greater things in store for us. And I'm excited about being a part of that. And so Lord, we just love you. We thank you for, for changing people's lives. And it's your Holy Spirit that does all this. We just want to acknowledge to you that it's not of our doing. It's not Chuck. It's not me. It's not even our missionaries. It's your Holy Spirit. And we're simply being your tools, your conduits. So help us to be faithful to do that. And we look forward to how you change lives in the coming year. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.